Welcome into the world with G right here on ESPN 105.1 The Zone, ESPN Chattanooga.com, and the ESPN TuneIn app. You could have been anywhere in the airwaves, but you're with me, and I appreciate that. Yeah, welcome into the word with G right here on, K- on uh, Chattanooga's best sports leader, ESPN 105.1 The Zone. Greg Lonard here, you there. Happy Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. If you want to get involved with the program today, and boy, oh boy, is there a lot to talk about today. I can't tell you how geeked up I am about this show that we're about to have. Over the next two hours, we'll take you on a midday sports talk radio journey, 12 until 2 o'clock. We'll be talking a whole lot about a bunch of different things. We may have a guest or two stopping by. If you want to get involved, you want to let me know how you're feeling about anything that we're talking about today, hit me up. At G underscore ESPN 105.1. Again, at G underscore ESPN 105.1. As I mentioned, I, I missaid it actually. It's not the ESPN TuneIn app. It's just the TuneIn app, and you can search for us by searching ESPN 105.1 The Zone. And you can take us on the go wherever your day may take you. Head on over to ESPNChattanooga.com. That's where you get all our great content. And you can listen live via the stream. Listen live player over there via the stream. Love that. And you can hit us up on the phone lines, 423-648-1051. Again, 423-648-1051. Wow, I, don't, I honestly don't even know where, where to start. There are so many different ways that I could start this conversation today. But I guess I'll start it by telling you about our guests coming up. Coming up in our next segment, we'll be talking to the head baseball coach at Chattanooga State, Greg Dennis. He's been there a very long time. He's had a whole lot of success. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about his team this year, the season that they're having thus far, early on, and how he arrived at Chattanooga State and who are some guys that we should be watching out for on this group this year, I'll, I will actually be, if you are going to, if you ever have listened to the Chattanooga State baseball games or watched the Chattanooga State baseball games via their online stream, I'm actually going to be calling the games on Saturdays now, the home games. I'm excited about that. I'll be in the booth, breaking it down, talking some baseball with you. I'm really looking forward to getting that opportunity to call some baseball games. Baseball is one of my biggest loves, and uh, I'm really excited that I get an opportunity to do that for Coach Dennis and his program. So we'll talk to him coming up next. But I guess where we need to start is the biggest breaking news in the NFL, because that pertains to our potential next guest. Maybe coming up in the second hour, Daniel Gallen, who is a beat reporter for the Philadelphia Eagles, may be joining us to talk about Carson Wentz, the impact that he'll have being traded. If you didn't hear it, it happened about 10 minutes ago. Carson Wentz has officially been dealt. We thought it was going to happen last week. Didn't happen last week. We talked a little bit about it this week, and it's finally happened. Carson Wentz has been dealt to the Indianapolis Colts. That's the place he wanted to go all along. And to be honest with you, the Eagles got released. least. 
the Eagles in return for Carson Wentz to send him to the destination that would make him the most successful, the, the destination in which he wanted to go to the most. They got fleeced. They were anticipating getting back a Matthew Stafford-like bundle. Oh, no. They got far less than that. Matthew Stafford, in case you forgot, 19 days ago, fetched a two first-round draft picks and a third-round draft pick for his services to the Los Angeles Rams. Detroit, they love Matthew Stafford. They get Jared Goff also in the deal. And two first-round picks and a third. They get a starting quarterback, two first-rounders, and a third-rounder for Matthew Stafford, a guy who's never been considered potentially an MVP in this league. Carson Wentz had one season back in 2017 before the knee injury where he was on pace to win the NFL MVP. And then, of course, the knee injury, apropos, we just were talking about it, against the Los Angeles Rams. Knocks him out, knocks him down. They go on a Super Bowl run without him. And he's got a ring, but he's not the one who won the game. That would be Nick Foles. Big Rick Nick, as they call him. What did the Colts get in return for Carson Wentz? Did they get a player? A starting caliber player? Maybe even a bench depth piece from the Indianapolis Colts? No, they didn't get any player. Well, surely they must have gotten a first-round draft pick, right, G? No, no first-round draft pick. Instead, they got themselves, for Carson Wentz, a 2021 third-round pick and a 2022 conditional second-round pick that could potentially turn into a first-round pick, I assume, depending upon how good Carson Wentz does. That is absolutely atrocious by the Philadelphia Eagles, just caving into the wants and the needs and the desires of Carson Wentz. Instead of trying to deal him potentially, and again, I don't know this to be true, but potentially to a different destination that would not be of his choosing to get a better haul in return. Now, I don't know. Again, I don't know if there were any other offers on the table. This might have been it. But I can't imagine they didn't have any other suitors for Carson Wentz. And I can't imagine they couldn't bench at least a one One single first-round pick for Carson Wentz. To me, it's almost unfathomable that they couldn't fetch a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. It really doesn't make much sense to me. Can you make sense of it? 423-648-1051. Again, 423-648-1051. I I just, I, I don't get it. The Eagles were kind of like, this the guy is drunk but there he goes that's what i'm i mean what have the eagles been drinking have they been hitting the sauce a little bit early this uh late this this morning early this afternoon and the eagles fans are, are probably thinking oh no we suck again exactly my thoughts exactly I just, I, I can't really seem to make much sense of it. I, I don't, I don't get it. Doesn't make sense. And in this trade, though, I will say this. 
Carson Wentz got exactly what he wanted. And he comes out, as Greeny was just talking about, completely complete lockstep with him. That Carson Wentz comes out the biggest winner in this. And I'm happy for the player in Carson Wentz. I just think the Eagles as a team did not do a good job. And on top of not getting a first-round draft pick or any sort of player that can be useful to them, Carson Wentz will still have the largest cap hit on the Eagles roster in 2021, a $34 million dead cap charge, the largest dead cap charge in NFL history. So you want to add insult to injury? Bam, there it is. Absolutely insane. I, I I really do not get it. I guess the only way that I can make sense of it is they wanted to help Carson Wentz out. I know he had put his body and his career basically on the line to do whatever he could to make the best of a, a tough situation when he had no weapons, not last year, but the year before that in 2019. And he tried last year, but the offensive line wasn't very good. He's not super, super elusive like a Jalen Hurts. And now where do the Eagles turn? Is Jason Jalen Hurts their their starting quarterback? I think I would think he probably has to be. But for Carson Wentz, this is, as we've talked about, the perfect situation. The situation that he has wanted all along. When did Carson Wentz have the most success? 2017, where was Frank Reich? He was the offensive coordinator for Doug Peterson and the Eagles in 2017 when he was at his peak. And so he gets reunited with a guy who he trusts, who he loves, who he's had the most success with in his career. He gets to play behind an offensive line that is one of the youngest and best in the National Football League, that should keep him pretty darn clean and give him ample time to throw the football. If they were able to keep Phillip Rivers clean last year, a guy who is one of the most immobile quarterbacks in the National Football League, then I think he'll be okay. Carson Wentz is mobile. He's not super elusive, but he is mobile. And they have some nice little weapons there. They've still got, I believe, still T.Y. Hilton. They've got a good, stable group of tight ends, a guy who he played with in Philadelphia, the Philly special with Nick Foles and Trey Burton. Jack Doyle is Mr. Reliable. And Mo Cox is somebody who has risen to the occasion. You've got Paris Campbell. You've got Michael Pittman Jr. They've got some nice... Weapons there. And oh yeah, by the way, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> and a pretty doggone uh, good defense as well. So this is a slam dunk for Carson Wentz. This is a slam dunk for the Indianapolis Colts. They get their franchise guy, Frank Wright, reunited with his man, Carson Wentz. This is all gold stars and blue ribbons for the Indianapolis Colts. Sucks for the Eagles. But it's great for the Colts and great for Carson Wentz in his career.
Dad Kuyon there chimes in on Twitter. He is hanging out at Walk-Ons and Lafayette for lunch and today taking a listen to the show. Appreciate that. Good to have you in Lafayette, that Lafayette area. You want to jump in? You want to share your thoughts on Carson Wentz getting dealt and the impact on both teams that it has? 423-648-1051 is the number. Before we get to Greg Dennis coming up next, I do want to talk a little about the basketball games that we saw last night. And I'll just kind of go through them sort of quickly. We will spend some more time, hopefully, in the second half of the show on them. We'll start with UT. UT got themselves a 93-73 win, a game that they needed to win, and this is what we were talking about with UT all week long. Over the last couple of weeks, really, that... Yes, I know they lost the game at Baton Rouge against LSU on Saturday, but they had four very winnable games to end this season. They're the 19th-ranked team in the nation, and they needed to start playing like it and take care of business and really handle the teams at the end of their schedule that they should be able to handle that are in the lower echelon of SEC teams. And they went out there, they did that exactly what they needed to do, on Wednesday night, beating up the Gamecocks, 93-73. Gamecocks shot it pretty well from downtown, but the thing was that UT matched them really, really well. There was a bit of a shootout early, both teams kind of going back and forth, but it just seemed like UT had some really good ball movement, much better looking offensively. They were good from three. They And another thing that I noticed is that they only shot 19 threes. They went nine for 19 from three, that's 47% if you're doing the math at home. But they weren't forcing a lot of threes. They weren't just settling for threes. They had a couple of possessions where they passed on threes for a high per, higher percentage shot at a two-pointer, maybe a, a mid-range jump shot. They were a little bit slow defensively with their rotations in the first half. But in the second half, they got out in transition. They started playing fast. They started playing loose. They started to have some fun. They started smiling. And my gosh, John Fogerson, Fogerson, where have you been? It's nice to see you, buddy. Johnny on the spot. He hadn't been playing well over the last couple of games. 19, 6, 3, 2 steals. It was nice to not have to rely on Jaden Springer to carry the load. Didn't even have to shoot a three. But Vic Bailey Jr. led the way. He was in fuego from downtown last night. 7 for 10. 29 points, almost kind of like another guy that we're going to talk about with UTC coming up next. And they were getting everybody involved. 26 assists last night, as they say, sharing is caring. And they shot 54% from the floor. But they did still have 16 turnovers. That's a little bit too much, too sloppy. But they were just a better and a more talented team than South Carolina was last night. Let's go to the phone lines now. 423-648-1051. What say you? Welcome into the Word with Gene, the leadoff spot here on ESPN 105.1 The Zone. Hi. Uh, I guess I'll be Ricky Henderson, even though I was left-handed. Um, <laughs> even though I'm re- – oh, I'm not. Whoa. I was going to say, sure. are you a lefty? Ricky was a right-handed. Yes, I am lefty. Yes. Okay. He, he drew the ball left-handed. He did. Anyway, yes. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, I'm not surprised at the move. What, what, what you – what? 
what Wentz had, what you thought? They could have got a first round for him? First I, round think, I think Wentz could have at least fetched one first round pick. <laughs> this is not, this is not uh, the Super Bowl season. You know, before the injury. I know, but still, and I know he had a really bad year last year, Jay, but the year before that in 2019, I thought he played pretty yeah, well right. with yeah. the limited resources that he had. Yeah, but, you know, the situation, um, Frank Wright um, worked with him before, so I'm not surprised at the move. Um, like you said, um, would you go out to uh, Mariota if you were the Eagles? Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I, I would probably like to get a, a veteran guy, not a Nate Sudfeld who's been here for four years and we have to play him in the last game of the season. Um, I, I would like to get a veteran guy in there uh, to compete with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm not surprised that they didn't get that much for uh, Wentz. But I do understand where you're coming from. Um, but, you know, he's kind of injury prone. That's, that's that's what I'm sure that's that was one of his um, – you know that was that was an issue, I'm sure, when it came to um, negotiate when it came to the negotiating table. I'm sure him his history of uh, injuries didn't help his cause. So. Yeah, that um that that injury obviously in 2017 set him back with the ACL. Um, but the last last couple of years he's been pretty healthy. I mean, he would have played all the games this year if he didn't get benched. And then last year he played all 16. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, it is crazy, but I don't know. I just, just I just think, think when you, when you compare it to what Matthew Stafford fetched, and he got Jared, they got Jared Goff two first rounds and a third. I mean, you're telling me you can't get at least one first round pick for Carson Wentz? Obviously, no. <laughs> I mean, I think that I I feel like they could have. I don't know if they just caved into what Carson Wentz wanted and sent him to a, a place that he wanted to go, or. I can't imagine they didn't have maybe some other offer if they waited a little bit longer. Maybe they would have gotten a better offer. I, I don't know, man. It's just it, it's really surprising to me in that aspect when I compare the two Carson Wentz and, Wentz and Matthew Stafford, the the deals or the the trades that each team made to get them. Yeah, uh, hey, in your neck of the areas, man, uh, the mm-hmm. Falcons. You think uh, Matt Ryan? Or what, what are y'all hearing around that area? Are they going into the season saying, you know, Matt Ryan is our guy? With Arthur Smith, you know, uh, this new this new thing, this new era with the uh, new head coach out there. Um, or do you see Matt Ryan going to the West Coast, maybe reuniting with Shanahan? You, you, could you see anything like that or no? I think it would be good. And, Jay, I appreciate the phone call. i got to let you go because we've got an interview coming up here in a minute. But um, I could see Matt, I could see Matt Ryan getting traded, and I think that actually would be probably a good move behind a good offensive line with a team who could really run the football in San Francisco and getting reunited, as you said, with a guy like Kyle Shanahan. I think that would be probably in Matt Ryan's best interest. I've heard some Falcon fans around this area say that they'd like to run it back one more time with Julio and, and Matt Ryan, but I think they're kind of just holding on to the past a little bit and trying to rekindle that, but I just don't think this Falcons team is ready to really compete the way that they want to with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Both guys are getting older. Julio Jones can't stay on the football field for a full season, it seems like. He's always dealing with something. I think if they were smart, and we're going to have our Falcons, one of my Falcons guys in here tomorrow, and we're going to talk about that, and we're going to kind of go back and forth. I'm going to kick the tires with him on, on what they should do with Matty Ice and Hey, or like my man Spencer Urquhart from back in Louisiana called him Matty Slush and uh, Julio Jones, what they should do with them moving forward.
It'll be very interesting to see. I, I'm in the camp of I think they should move on, but I haven't really heard any rumblings or concrete talks about them moving on. We'll see what happens.